welcome to the edition of the Creek Podcast. I'm Jared Yates Sexton. I am enjoying a uh, hard-earned weekending beer. Uh, unfortunately, our good friend and co-host Nick Halsman is still out on vacation. He will be back next week. I want to go ahead and uh, send out some props to Nick, who I've missed terribly, but also I just want to point out that even as he is on vacation and enjoying himself and taking a load off, you can still see him over on Twitter.com, still indulging in some of the more disturbing and upsetting politics of the day. That's what we like to see. Here at the Muckrake Podcast, we are, of course, a bunch of just political sickos who cannot help but pay attention to all of this stuff, even while we're enjoying a uh, hard-earned vacation. So, looking forward to having back uh, Nick next week. In the meantime, uh, I am here to hold down the fort and talk about uh, some of the Biggest news stories of the moment, as well as some things that we need to keep an eye on and really kind of dig down deeper into. We got to start with not surprising news, uh, probably just confirming what we all sort of assumed already, but uh, interesting nonetheless. Uh, It has emerged that the January 6th committee which continues to nip at the heels of uh, a lot of people who, uh, in case people have forgotten, have uh, attempted to overthrow the presidential election of 2020 and the democratically elected government of the United States of America. Uh, They have discovered that within the phone records of Donald John Trump, who, uh, uh, I don't know if you heard this, uh, had a hole-in-one and decided that that was as important as anything else in the world and sent out a big press release about it because he is a absolutely empty, sad, sad man. Found that Donald Trump's call records had a seven-hour gap on them on the day of January 6th. Seven hours. Just missing. Just nothing. And it is uh, obviously just a, uh, a an attempt to scrub the record to hide certain things. And or there's an alternative, uh, which I'd like to talk about for just a second. And that is the fact that uh, Trump and Meadows and a lot of the people involved on January 6th, those who weren't using their own personal phones or social media accounts, which... Um, you know, a lot of these people, the way that uh, politics works in terms of schemes and plots and plans, you'll notice that a lot of the most powerful people always keep their hands largely clean in these matters. Watergate is an instructive situation in which Richard Nixon uh, probably would have gotten away with uh, the Watergate plot and break in had it not been for the uh, recording system that he had put in place in the Oval Office because he was nothing if not a paranoid maniac. But they always kind of leave the 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 doers, the cleaners, the the thugs. They always allow them to kind of put themselves out there 
Uh, of course, we've seen that the white supremacist and extremist and militia groups that were present on January 6th uh, not only used their own phones, uh, but got in their own chats, their own group chats, and basically more or less just said out loud, we're trying to overthrow the government. We've hoarded weapons across the river. We're ready to go in case martial law is, is declared by the president. So that, that's a pretty open and shut case. Uh, what we're actually watching with um, the Oath Keepers is uh, something that should be familiar to anybody who has watched a movie or a television show about crime as some of the, um, how do I put this, uh, less talented and less aware individuals of the group have already uh, entered guilty pleas in seditious conspiracy so that they can uh, roll over on their associates. And all of these uh, chat channels in which they plotted the overthrow of the government of the United States uh, are now being brought out into the open because, you know, they started at the bottom and now they're starting to feed their way to the top in this investigation. With Trump and with Meadows and the people around them, there's a very good possibility that uh, burner phones were used. And for anyone who isn't familiar with this concept, a burner phone is a disposable phone. Uh, you can go to Walmart, you can go to any store basically and buy like a prepaid cell phone. Uh, the way that a lot of these people uh, manage to use these and, and, you know, you can't beat the ability to traffic in this stuff. The old idea is to either use cash to buy these prepaid phones and or uh, to launder them through gift cards. Uh, that's one of the ways that a lot of people get through this stuff. <clears throat> and you buy these prepaid phones. And then, of course, you have a line that is disposable. It isn't traced to you. And in the case, uh, or in this case in particular, it would be used by a bunch of people who understood that they were about to commit a crime. And by crime, I mean the overthrow of the government of the United States of America. <clears throat> I, uh, I, I know that those in Trump's orbit have used burner phones. Back in the day when I was reporting on the Trump campaign, some of the disgruntled members of the campaign, the ones who were frustrated when uh, Russian-Ukrainian actor Paul Manafort came onto the campaign, a lot of the people who were pissed off about that and wanted to leak to media members like myself, uh, they would talk about how they were often counseled to use things like burner phones and or things that could not be linked back to them. Uh, this is a pretty standard operating procedure uh, in organized crime rings. There's really no other way to put it. So in this case, uh, I would not be shocked to hear <clears throat> that uh, there was a, a burner phone situation on January 6th. But what we are learning with every passing day, and this is something that we've talked about on this show, I've talked about um, in my writings, is that this was a really, really meticulously put together operation. Uh, it doesn't matter that it was put together by absolute nincompoops, people who uh, you know couldn't barely walk down the street for falling over their their shoelaces. Um, there was a plan. Um, there were differing degrees of plots. Of course, Donald Trump uh, himself was more or less a, uh, 
a crime boss at the center of it. Uh, crime bosses are very fond of leading people into actions, but never saying the thing specifically. That's always been Donald Trump's sort of uh, operating procedure. He is, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, uh, very talented in terms of organized crime. That might be one of the few things that he actually has a talent or a penchant for. You know, uh, even in his meetings with people like uh, Mike Pence, who, by the way, it now looks like he's going to run for president, which is mind-blowing. I really don't know how else to put it. I mean, it kind of... It kind of takes something to run for the nomination of a party that, uh, you know, tried to find you at the Capitol and then uh, string you up in a gallows. Like, I don't know, man. Keep chopping that wood, I guess. And you've been listening to a free preview of our Patreon exclusive Weekender show. If you want to get in on all the fun and get that bonus episode every week, not to mention exclusive content, uh, live hangouts, question and answer sessions. We're even going to do some of these live so you can come and watch how the sausage is made. All you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash podcast. On top of that, you get to hang out with the Muckrake community, which are a really good group of people. So you should do that. That is patreon.com slash podcast. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you.